The ICO Alert Roundtable podcast is a casual discussion between members of the ICO Alert team. At no point is anything said in this podcast to be construed as legal, tax, financial, or investment advice. For sake of transparency, members of this week's podcast own the following coins. Bitcoin, Ethereum, EOS, IOST, Cardano, Buns, and Tron. podcast 15 minutes we didn't even talk english as you can tell we're up here having a really good time in toronto oh yeah it's fun man yeah oh canada oh canada i stand on god for See, yeah, we're getting it. We're getting we're becoming accustomed to canadian culture yeah some faster than others you know what's surprising? Oh, so maybe we should introduce our guests. No. Okay. People already know him. It's Pete Gay. Yo, it's Pete. And it's Dimitri. Hey. And, he, and Dimitri's going to get closer to the mic when he talks, so it's not uh, so obnoxious for our listeners. Yeah, absolutely. There we go. How's that better? <laughs> and uh, I'm going to mute my cell phone as well. Right. Uh, you know, we're here at the uh, Futurist Blockchain Conference, and I tell you what, I'm surprised at how... Canada has like their own ecosystem of blockchain and crypto stuff going on up here. And it's things that you don't necessarily always hear about. But when you come here and you see them in action, they've got some really solid projects going on. Yeah, we got like Crypto Berry, an exchange, Crypto Canucks. Crypto Canucks. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. Buns. You said it like a Canadian. You said Crypto Canucks. No, I didn't. Hey. But hey, okay, whatever. Uh, buns, which we were fooling around oh, with man, today. Oh, man, that was awesome. We'll get to that. Yeah, we'll yeah. definitely get to that. And, uh, I mean, like, there's probably some others, but Decentral is right here in Toronto, but that's a much bigger company. Also, yeah, uh, Hoobie Canada, um, that's new. Um, that's opening up in Canada. So yeah, we t- I think they've been around since uh, April. We got a chance to talk to them, so that was good. Definitely. Yeah, we're going to have a lot of solid content coming out of this as well. Oh, absolutely. I can't wait till you uh, post that video of the Block Talk. I'm sure at this point it might be already out. So, guys, go check the Block Talk from Tuesday night. Uh, we got a chance to interview a lot of cool people. Yeah. Uh, ask them about their portfolio and how it's completely wrecked. Yeah, basically, as soon as we showed up to Toronto, we just got out of the car, cameras ablaze, and we had the microphone with a little flag on it, and we did a Block Talk, which... If you're not familiar with that and you're a listener of the podcast, it's uh, it's kind of a fun little quick skit thing where we just talk to people about stupid stuff and post all the funny happenings. And then there's some serious stuff in there, too. And it was everyone in Canada is so nice and accessible, too. Don't you mm. guys feel like that? Yeah, except the guy that uh, took 45 minutes to bring us utensils tonight. Yeah, I like <sighs> that guy. Yeah. yeah. That was difficult. Yeah. No, but I, I, I do like Canada. I think it's our first time here. So it's three of our first times here. And you've... Oh, Pete, you've been here as well? Okay. Maybe it's just me and Dima then. Yeah, first but, timers. But you uh, you said you went to Montreal, right? Yeah, I've been to Montreal. Uh, I was only in Montreal for like a quick, like an overnight layover. Uh, but I've been to Toronto a couple of times because I used to work for a company, as I've said three times before we had to cut recording and restart. <laughs> uh, but I used to work for a company that was partnered with both Tim Hortons and CIBC. And Tim Hortons, it's... A it's a brand that you never hear about if you're too far south because there's n- they don't go past maybe Virginia. They might not go past Virginia. I have no idea. I'm from Virginia, and I have no idea. Had you ever heard Tim of Tim Hortons, Hortons until today? Uh, I'd heard about them because I have family in Michigan, 
Okay. But, uh, I have no idea. Yeah, yeah, Tim Hortons is to Canada what if what Starbucks is to the U.S. So okay, yeah, yeah, it's intense. Yeah, Toronto seems like it's got a good vibe though, man. I think uh, we've met a lot of people from the city, and it seems like they got a good like tech techy kind of vibe. So yeah, I've definitely been enjoying it, man. We've been yeah. killing it out here. What did you guys think about the actual venue uh, at the conference? What did you think of that venue, Dima? Uh, uh, I mean, it was great. Um, like, Take the, you back to your clubbing days yeah. back in New York City? A little bit, yeah. It was, <laughs> it was. Dude, I, had, I had a portrait mode on uh, Dima. He's got the, the city in the background. He's sitting there with his little white button down. Yep. He looked, uh, looked pretty good. He grabbed it instantly. One of my favorite parts from today was when Evan and I, with our camera, which basically a camera and a mic gets you, Almost everywhere. That is one thing we've learned. Uh, <laughs> show up with a camera and a microphone, and you can do whatever you want. <laughs> yep. yeah, pass or no pass. And so we headed back into the like the VIP backstage section. Almost ended up on stage accidentally, uh, passing dressing rooms and green rooms and stuff, and Larry King rooms. And we reached this uh, really shady back room with this like steel door with multiple bolts on it, and there was a piece of paper taped to it that said VIP, do not enter knock and then wait outside <laughs> what the f- <laughs> and we i mean we knocked and there was no response right i don't know what's in there man we we got that all on film too pete actually had the camera it w- so we went into the vip and um, it didn't seem appropriate to be doing interviews in there or filming yeah definitely not um and there was definitely some high profile people in there uh but we saw someone the woman from uh shivam which shivom. is or shivam i'm sorry god and uh that's why i'm here yeah you're here. That's a perfect example of why you're here, man. <laughs> but uh, she, uh, she, whoa, excuse me, <laughs> co-host here. Just because I don't cut the audio doesn't mean I'm an assistant. All right. Yeah. So uh, when we when we went back there, we met up with uh, the lady from Shavom, and she took us basically through the VIP tunnel way behind the VIP room, and Pete sneakily sneaky pete had had the camera (laughs) (laughs) recording the whole time so and then we and then we got to uh do an interview with her uh we talked about some post ico hurdles and kind of what their project's doing Hmm. um so we'll try and sneak that like little fun vip canal trip into the into that uh but you know for for our content what we're trying to do is get away from these long form interviews because People can go on and on and on about their blockchain project, and if it's not something you're necessarily interested in, then, man, it's brutal to listen to. So I always tell people when we interview them, like, let's just do three quick-hitting questions, get them out of the way, let's keep it interesting, keep it light, keep it funny, we'll do some B-roll, we'll do some cool music, Pete will produce a soundtrack for us if we have to, and then we'll we'll throw it up. So keep an eye out for that content, because we got, you know, hands-on kind of perspective and face-to-face FaceTime with some of these uh, some of these ICOs that you know if you're if you're interested in them it's always a, a big shot of confidence to see them out at a at a convention definitely it's always good to see the team behind it. I think we talked about it with a lot of you know just people in the space because it's not just ICOs that are at this event it's blockchain right and it's good to see teams behind uh, the emails that you're you know constantly exchanging with these people so uh, yeah, going back to what you were saying about the videos as well, like we saw Hypercube was doing like a pretty cool event where they like had people and were interviewing people. And then we saw like, didn't we see that like one chick that was there for like, we saw her 
and then 10 minutes later she's still sitting there interviewing on this like whatever it was gonna be who knows like there's no way that anyone's staying for that amount of time yeah that's i don't know my attention span is way too short so i don't that's why block talk and stuff like that's fun because it's just we keep cutting yeah obviously if you're an investor and you want to dive really deep into the tech you know you're not just going to throw money around before looking into it but I I guess it depends on what stage these people are at. Are they trying to get catch people's attention and get people to do more research or are they already at that stage where they know big money's looking at them and we better go to the media to talk to them (laughs) instead of talking to them directly. I don't, I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me. What are your thoughts on that? PK? I wasn't really paying attention. It was going too long. (laughs) Um, like I was just, I was losing interest. Um, cause it was going too long. You just gotta keep it short, like short (laughs) clips to hold people's interest. I'm serious. Like that's the second time in two podcasts that's like Ev has been talking and someone's been like, uh, you have to repeat that. (laughs) When did that happen before? You were talking about like the, uh, see, I don't even know what you were talking about, but go back to our, our podcast with, uh, Carla and see, like, I was just like, uh, yeah, I actually wasn't paying attention at all. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> no, I mean, sorry. I was kidding. You're interesting. I, like, I guess I got to stop talking I, so much. I just much. thought it was ironic <laughs> that you're like, you know, that was a that was a clean five minutes on why we should never talk for more than like a minute. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys, we're going to take a quick break here for a short message from a couple of our sponsors. Let's face it. We now live in a sharing economy. The sharing of private homes, cars, other assets are booming, disrupting the traditional old-fashioned business-to-consumer rental process. For example, freelancers have left stuffy offices and now earn billions of dollars. But yet all asset owners, renters, employers, even contractors are paying outrageous commissions to middlemen and risk being cheated every day. Wono looks to make an end of this. Meet a global middleman-free blockchain-based sharing environment for rentals and freelancing. Share what you have and get what you want from other users. Earn and spend in Wono tokens, avoiding huge commissions, currency exchanges, and hassle. Get rid of the middleman. Earn for yourself, not for the platform. The token presale starts on the 6th of August with a 30% bonus for early birds. Check out more details only at icoalert.com. As has become evident during the first quarter of 2018, Malta is taking the lead as the blockchain hub and has become known as Blockchain Island across social media. Following the relocation decision of large exchanges like Binance and OKX, boasting over 5,000 delegates, 100 speakers, 300 sponsors and exhibitors, the Malta Blockchain Summit promises to be an innovative and momentous opportunity for global influencers to network, forge new connections, and debate the potential applications of blockchain. Now, not only does this seem like a very exciting place to be in November, but we've also got a little discount for all you ICO Alert listeners out there. So if you're in the area, in the Mediterranean, which I hear is one of the greatest places on earth, you go ahead onto the Malta Blockchain Summit website, you put in that code ICOALERT25, you get yourself a 25% discount. Tickets are starting at 129 euros so do a little conversion there and uh, you're going to get yourself a discount again that code is ICO alert 25 we look forward to seeing you guys in Malta on November 1st and November 2nd 
So anyway, I'm very impressed by the ecosystem of apps and dApps and contributors to the crypto society up here. And the one app that I'm really excited to to speak with the founder of tomorrow, we're going to do a little demo, is Buns, B-U-N-Z, which I actually had a chance to hear the founder today. Uh, he went on stage and he talked about how it got started. It was actually a Facebook page. And this girl put up a bunch of stuff to sell stuff on Facebook and it turned into this huge group. And then from there, they started a company where it was kind of like an offer up type thing where you would just, you know, sell your leftover stuff. Now it's morphed and grown into this thing where they have 250 separate merchants, be it brick and mortar or online retailers. And you actually pay with the Buns app. You guys all downloaded the app. What did you think of like the UI and the UX for that kind of stuff? Pete's the whale in the room. So, but the Buns (laughs) whale at least. uh, So he can explain it. Yeah, the the CEO of Buns was kind enough to airdrop me some BTZ or bits that they call it. And you know what? We're going to run a little giveaway here. Whoever posts the funniest comment with a Buns (laughs) QR code, go ahead and send you 2,000 bits. Oh, man. Which is enough to buy some of the things in this market. I mean, I'm looking through here. There's a power juicer. It's 5,000. That's going to be a little bit out of your reach. So you won't be able to get the power juicer. But, well, you know, there's various products here. Yeah, definitely. Well, it, it only w- works in Canada, though. Right. The, oh, their biggest market's in Canada. Canada. Yeah. It only works in Canada or? Well, it would work I mean, anywhere, but the only oh, merchants available are, gotcha. are in the Canadian so, area. So if you guys actually sign up, so I know that you, you'll give them 2,000 BTZ, but if you sign up and use the code untraceable, you'll get you'll get 5K. So, uh, Especially if you didn't go to the conference. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure they want as many users as they want. You can totally cut that out if... Uh, Oh, what? Well, well, what we can do is bleep that, bleep it out so that the code doesn't exist. <laughs> They'll right? never know the code. Yeah, exactly. Well, how about this? Put, give them your username. Well, you can we can't. We can't. It's, it's, like a, it's like a URL. It's like no, a, no, you can no, give no. them your you username. Go ahead and put Bitgenstein in there, and you'll get 500 free okay. bits in addition to dropping that funny comment and getting your 2,000. Oh, wow. Wow. I'll let so Pete handle I like it, yeah. that Pete's like pushing for. Okay, mm-hmm. so how about this? Since Pete has his own podcast as well, we'll do cross platform. So we'll do it on Bickenstein's table too. It has to be a YouTube comment. Okay. And if it's the funniest, you want to do the funniest? Sure. Okay. So the funniest or the wittiest. Okay. Judged like this is not up to arbitration as judged by the four people here. What's know? the con- what's the context of the the comment that they're making? Just related to the podcast. Just like a really. oh, okay. So just like a making joke. Making fun <laughs> of the name Buns, making fun of Evans Canadian accent. Yes. You know, make, make whatever. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah, I'm in. Awesome. Well, the coolest thing about this Buns app too is, it, it's it it looks like a real world use case. Uh-huh. It's you can it, there's a marketplace on it, and not just for buying things from people in the neighborhood, not just Craigslist type buys, but there's actual places, there's coffee shops, there's bars, there's mm-hmm. restaurants that are accepting the BTZ tokens, and so even just signing up, you get a bunch, and it could be enough to buy you know a free beer or something. Mm-hmm. And the way that they have it settled on the back end is the um the buns um the buns project they'll actually um r- redeem those tokens for canadian dollars mm, so, so it's no risk at all to the merchants to sign up and use this however they do say you know why not hang on to some because i think they make a little bit of margin on buns actually or on uh bits gotcha yeah how does it, how does the price like Dima? How does the price work when the coin is not on an exchange? Like, how is that coin valued? Is it just on a case by case basis between each person? 
Like, what is a BTZ worth? If it well, I mean, at the moment, since it's not on exchange, there's no real like price discovery when it comes to you know, what is the price in dollars. But it's going to be interesting to see how, when it does hit the exchange, how the supply and demand basically is going to uh, help the price discovery of how much is it going to be per you know each each BTZ you know the, each bun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to call it buns. buns. Yeah. <laughs> but buns has like guaranteed these merchants that they'll buy the BTZ back, the bits back at a certain price. So they're mm -hmm. kind of setting a price for now. Oh, okay, right. I and I asked probably them guess what that price is based on the B the BTZ prices. Um, I asked them well cuz there is it is if you did your research other than the marketplace cuz that's like Craigslist. You can't yeah. you can't get a real value reading off of that because True. people are putting a $500 blender on there for, you know, a thousand buns. $500 blender. Whatever it is. You're <laughs> the one that was talking about the the power mixer yeah, juicer the, thing. Yeah, the thing that's like sixty five dollars. Yeah, I got Okay, it. well, whatever. Yeah, if you bought that blender for five hundred dollars, man, you got ripped off. <laughs> yeah. well, it's Canadian, Canadian dollars. dollars. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. yeah get five hundred Canadian dollars. But the the real way I think to determine the price would be look at the items that the merchants are actually selling because the merchants are they're calculating their costs gotcha. and they're going to say, hey, you know, we make this bar of soap or whatever it is, uh, and we're charging you know eight hundred buns for this, and this would typically cost. 800 bits. I want to get it right because they're going to listen to this and think we're so ignorant. So eight 800 bits for uh, this bar of soap, then you can kind of calculate the price based on that. So there's got to be a market there if they have 250 yeah. merchants because you can't just have one merchant setting a price at yeah. a bar of soap is 50,000 bits and then the other one has a you know a, a cocktail at you know 15 bits or whatever gotcha. it is. So there's got to be some price you know, discovery yeah, but also there. At the same time, that's why a lot of merchants are reluctant to work with crypto is because of how volatile it is so going back to what you said in terms of like you know when it hits the exchange and you know it's priced in dollars um so something that what they're doing pete what you mentioned right they're redeeming it actually in in a fixed amount per dollar which is going to help merchants to keep that price steadily uh because they restaurants and merchants they operate in uh on a tight margin base so they can't really handle the volatility that mm. goes with the cryptocurrency to accept the cryptocurrency. Right. Gotcha. You know, so it, it, it's actually, you know, an interesting idea to bring it to merchants and, and yeah. have it. Yeah. I mean, so, hey, don't get me wrong. There's a ton of hurdles left that for these guys to get over. Yeah. But as far as the it's a it's a mobile app that you download. You couldn't tell the difference if it was on blockchain or not. Pete sent me uh, yeah, a thousand. Peer -peer. Yeah, you can do peer to peer trading. Pete sent me. A thousand bits. I got it instantly. Mm -hmm. There was no waiting for confirmation or anything like that. Um, and it, it looks like a, you know just a mobile app that you would download off some other centralized type mm -hmm. you know uh, service provider. So yeah, and as far as I understand, they've got a decent number of users, at least compared to <laughs> DApp users that we see. You know, for other DApps. What, what did they quote so, to us? Like 250,000 users or something so there's, like that? There's no way that can be on. Like we said, we, it was on the Ethereum sidechain or something like that. Like there's no way. It's definitely not on the blockchain yet then. There's no way. It could it could be that they're actually covering the the exchange fees. I don't know. 
Yeah, I don't know. We'll ask it's them a, tomorrow, though. Yeah, yeah, we should definitely ask them tomorrow, and we'll uh, follow up. You know. Yeah, I w- I would definitely recommend if you're listening to check out that mobile app, especially if you're in Canada and you like crypto. Mm. Maybe you've already heard about it, but yeah, it's a really cool project. The UI and the UX on the mobile app is the best I've seen for any crypto project. Definitely. Um, it's got a lot of functionality, and um. It, you know, it's a good idea. And and then on top of that, we'll put out some content to show you how it works. So if For you're sure. not convinced by listening to our voices, you can see our beautiful faces. <laughs> and they did not pay us to shill this no. hard. <laughs> yeah, we, <did. laughs> we just really like the We app. didn't get paid. It's just yeah. cool. It's really cool. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was I really cool, it, man. It just goes along with overall the um, conference uh, theme in terms of like what kind of projects are uh, participating in the conference. So this one was, yeah, it, it was exciting. It was great. And some couple others that were, that were great too. And I think what's happening right now with the conferences is that um, a lot of projects uh, are staying away from going to a conference because they got wrecked with this market, mm-hmm. uh, with the correction overall. And they're taken back and, you know, kind of uh, staying away from some of the conferences and only the legit ones that, uh, have capital and have the means to really go out and have the product and the people yeah. that come out. So, you know, compared to the other conferences that we were at, um, I think we've seen less, you know, projects, but more quality here. Rather than all, before, we saw more quantity, but a lot of people, I mean, we've seen like gold miners, you know, in previous conferences <laughs> where, you know, they're trying <laughs> to sell you on this idea that they know the next place that has a lot of gold and you or just a shipwreck with yeah. gold on it. Yeah, exactly. You know, so then th- this conference, that's what I really liked is that the fact that there were actual legitimate companies there. Yeah. Um, the quality was there. Yeah. I think that kind of mirrors what, what's going on with the listing sites, right? Like we were one of the first listing sites and, you know, one of one or two or three. And then as you got, went into 2017 or I mean, at the end of 2017, went into 2018, then you started seeing listing sites that popped up everywhere because they saw a good business model. They saw a way to make money. Mm-hmm. That's the same thing with those ICOs, right? Yep. In early 2018. Uh, and now you kind of see the shakeout where all of those ones that were just in it for the business model are not going to be around. Right. Yeah. And if you're sitting around and you're, you know, ready to take the jump off the bridge because your portfolio is getting absolutely slaughtered, uh, know that it was a huge shot of confidence for me to see this community here especially in toronto i mean Mm. i I couldn't say enough good things about the all the people i've talked to there was no panic no mention i mean you know we're in a bear market everybody knows it but yeah it's it like dima said everybody's focused on the tech everybody has products everybody has funding Mm. whether it's traditional or however they did it and they've got that long-term vision where short-term price action doesn't matter Mm. Yeah, well, absolutely. And that's something we actually discussed on the, on the other podcast when we had Zach Lee visiting um, ICO Alert, where we talked about uh, that this market needed the purge, basically the the correction, the way to kind of clean itself out out of you know these low quality projects and those projects that don't take the proper like roadway to you know risk manage and and deliver and execute because you can have a great idea but the execution really what matters at the end Mm. so a lot of the discussions that i had uh with the people at the conference is that actually talking about you know the risk management and especially it relates in this market and it's kind of easy to you know when the things are going up where people 
stay away from discussing you know risk management and how to hedge all the money that they're raising um, while when things are starting to go south they actually realize the importance of those things so when i talk to people around here at the conference they they completely got it and they were like yes that's absolutely correct and they're looking into that right now or already have infrastructure in place to do proper risk management so something like this where you raise you know 10 million let's say during your ico by the end of the ico because of the market correction you know you were at 2 million or 1 million mm. because of the ether dropping you know and, and that kind of you know goes back to you kind of have a responsibility to the investors that invest that eth and and put out that eth to be locked up in their tokens uh by and the end of the ico you know you're yeah. essentially wrecked you know if, if you don't have the means of risk management for, uh, on the ICO. and side. that's what was missing in 2017 and yep. early 2018 was projects with small teams or uh not, I would, even small teams can do well, but more teams that were uh, inexperienced, yep. they were raising $10 million, like you're saying. And then, like you said, they, they instead of taking like having a responsibility to their investors, they decided that they were going to hold everything that they you know got from that sale or the majority. And then now they have, they have no capital. Um, right. And it's not like they can hold now because they've got bills to pay. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Exactly. And then that's what we were talking about. Maybe the reason that the price has been, you know, so subdued because you have all that sell pressure from any like any time it bumps. Uh, people are just trying to get what they can out of ETH and out of Bitcoin and things like that. Yeah. I mean, I, I would be interested to see if someone would calculate the entire uh, ICO market raised in ERC-20 tokens mm -hmm. because, you know, that everybody ha that has those tokens need to needs to eventually sell those tokens mm -hmm. to pay the bills or or do whatever if they haven't already yeah if they didn't use otc or something like that i wonder yeah. what percentage of eth has been has been bought or sold through an ico that creates mm -hmm. that downward sell pressure yeah like they, they all raise that eth and then now they have to somehow sell it because they have real world responsibilities right so that dumps the price of eth yeah i don't i have no idea yeah yeah, it's interesting. So, uh, aside from buns, what was? Did you guys have any other projects that really stood out to you that you know you wanted to talk about? Because um, I saw a couple different ones, and I, a lot of people were mentioning. You see, the, everybody here, it seems like they're they're very they're proud of the Canadian projects too. Yeah, uh, like a lot of people are very proud of Jax. Uh, another one that I heard a lot about was. Um, Oh, what is it, Pete? What's the one that everybody was talking about during oh, Blanco? Oh, Shift. We met the, uh, oh, what's his name? Weinberg. Weinberg, yeah, Shift. Um, uh, it's S-H-Y-F-T. Yeah, yeah. They're doing an identity? Yeah, it's a global identity type thing. And when we were doing uh, Block Talk, we kept asking people, besides your project, what's a project that you're excited about or, you know, what's a, something that you're keeping your eye on? Mm. And more than one person, and, I mean, these guys were like, CEOs or founders of other companies. Yeah. Uh, more than one person said sh mentioned Shift, and they yeah. liked what that company's doing. So, um, but yeah, they're they're doing you know global identity. Pete. Oh yeah, and we managed to uh, we got an interview with Joseph Weinberg at that Block Talk thing you mentioned. Right. He's a very interesting yeah. guy. They were super nice. That everybody's been really accessible. Like, you know, uh -huh. we were kind of being uh, 
proud, brazen, jackass Americans <laughs> <laughs> at that event, uh, you know, running around with a microphone. Uh, you know, but I think they think our they know our intentions are good because we're trying to just give them publicity and promote their projects to our audience as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end of the day, everybody was really, you know, kind of embraced us being there. They will, were willing to open up wine. Is it what is it? Weinstein? Joseph wine. Weinberg. Weinberg? No, <laughs> Weinstein. Sorry, uh, Weinberg. He um, he said he started mining crypto back in 2010. Yeah. So. He's definitely an OG in the game. Got some capital to work with, I'm guessing. Yeah, and him and the other guy we were talking about, they were both OGs to the point where they're not worried about money. It's mm-hmm. not it's not about that for them anymore. It's about actually building stuff and like really making a difference. And uh, you know, people who do this identity, I don't know how you work with governments on that though. It'd be interesting to yeah. talk to him and do, you know, some sort. Of, I I understand the credit part. Mm-hmm. The credit part makes sense, but. You know, for like, and Dima, I'm sure you've been through this. And Pete, you know, you've, I mean, everyone here has done, has been traveling around and has been experienced that stuff like passports and visas and stamps and all this crazy bullshit. You know, I don't know if you're going to ever get around that stuff. Yeah. I mean, if, if they solve it, you won't have to worry about almost forgetting your passport uh, in Pittsburgh. Yeah. <laughs> On the way to Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah. driving. <laughs> Dude, that was fun too yeah so how about our uh story at the border you want to tell it you <laughs> i don't i think you guys had a better perspective but i was just very taken aback by the amount of questions that would be asked and i kind of you know dropped a ball on a few of them <laughs> so if you if you remember I, I completely blacked out yeah i think it has to do part a little bit with uh on on the ride there we were kind of discussing how we're going to act at the border and kind of try to make it like as serious as possible where it eventually by the time we got there and we were just kind of kidding around a lot you know and by the time we got there uh, uh q was you know it was like oh took this whole thing very seriously <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah essentially had his uh moment there yeah, we are bringing a Russian comrade to center of Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> what was the one Pete said? He was like, if they if they ask us what we're doing, we'll be like, oh, we're just looking for a really high traffic area that that nobody really watches from the government. <laughs> yeah. We're looking so, for a place that nobody keeps an eye on, if you know what we're talking about. So the border guard collects our passports and asks a number of questions. And one of the questions, apparently, I forget the exact wording, was, uh, whose car is this? And uh, Q answers, I'm driving. <laughs> 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 to which she gave me like a sidelong glance, like, okay. She's, she's she like, goes, I, I know, know you're, you're driving. driving. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so but we almost car are you driving? <laughs> so we almost didn't get into Toronto because I fucked up that answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was, that was a fun part of the trip, though. Definitely. Yeah, it's cool. It's been awesome, man. Um, yeah, one of the projects, actually, it's not a project, it's a, an ex- exchange. It's called Coin. It's with a Q, though. Q O I N E. I was talking to the guy, and they're, they're based in Singapore and Japan. And I was interested to talk with him uh, because we've had all these, we've built all these connections, right, in, in China and Korea and things like that, but not Japan um, yet. Uh, but he was telling me that Japan is like really done a good job, like with regulation, but the regulation includes their citizens can't purchase more than 12 coins they like coins that they they've like said they they can only purchase these 12 wait the government says they can only oh you mean 12 different kinds yeah not 12 in total no 12 in total you know you mean 12 
specific cryptocurrencies. Specific cryptocurrencies. Okay. Yeah. They're not like, hey, you can only have 12 Tron. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. No, sorry. Maybe I did not. Get, I'm a, okay. I've had a little uh, to drink. But so. there is yeah. a list, you mean? Yeah, there's, they've definitely like said that ah. these are the 12 that you can legally buy and sell. That was so surprising to me. So there's all this money that's like in 12 coins, I feel like, in Japan. Uh, and it's just, yeah, it, was, it took me, I'm sure did he mention do it. Did he mention which ones they were? No, we need to look that up for sure. We need to look that up. Another that's interesting. That was, uh, great about that exchange is that um, he basically said that uh, what they're doing, uh, offering, um, they're offering IEO services oh yeah initial exchange offering yeah exactly so where they essentially take on these uh companies that want to do an ico and they like walk them through the process consult them take them through the whole uh build out process uh and essentially when when investors purchase these tokens they essentially end up on the exchange right away but you can't exchange them until the ico uh actually ends so this way the exchange wins because they bring on new users that want to invest in this project and the ico wins because they already have a project on the exchange so there's no issue with uh post ico where which exchange you're going to be on you're already on one mm. um so and essentially once the ico ends uh, they open up trading where the users that hold these tokens essentially can exchange them um you know right away my question to him was essentially that, you know, it's great that you guys are doing this. And I've heard this before from um, a couple of exchanges. But how do you prevent, you know, a token from essentially dumping once the trading opens? Um, and, you know, he did tell me a couple of answers where essentially the, the, they pick specific projects that they work with, which is, includes the uh, quality of a community. Uh, so they're very picky with the community that uh, is being brought to them with the project and uh, as well as actually market making services uh, that will go along with once the token is released uh, to trading they'll have market making uh, services that will prevent of you know a rapid movement uh, mm -hmm. in a token dump mm. well and i think another thing you need to look out for with these icos uh that's kind of a red flag if you think they're going to dump when they reach the exchange is if they're paying tokens for services during the ICO. Yeah, we see a lot of that. People come to us a lot and say, I want to buy a promotion and I want to pay in tokens. Right. And we're like, uh, no. Right. <laughs> and, I mean, if they're going to pay in tokens, first of all, they're going to give their tokens away at a discount uh -huh. because nobody's going to take them at the ICO price if you're trying to pay for services. And they're and now it's just creating all this downward selling pressure because if you're paying me in tokens, as soon as you hit an exchange, I'm just going to liquidate. I don't mm -hmm. care. Yeah. So we accept payment in Ether, which we're confident will never dump. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for the record, we don't actually accept tokens at ICO Alert, but we do accept ETH. payment in ETH, <laughs> Bitcoin, Definitely. or good old, good old USD. Uh, the good old USD. Yeah. Old we're, faithful. Not. We should start accepting uh, Canadian dollars, though, maybe, because the, the market's heating up up here. <laughs> I can feel it. You know, it's funny. I actually went to um, a website, Crypto Canucks. Crypto Canucks? Yeah. And uh, we were talking to those guys. Uh, what was it, last night? Was that just last night we were there? And uh, the I went to their website, and they had all the prices, and they had Bitcoin at, like, 8400 
And I had, you know, I hadn't checked the markets all day. I'm busy running around. I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> Bitcoin went crazy today. And then yes. it, it took me a minute to like realize that it was quote, the price was quoted in Canadian mm-hmm. dollars. So it wasn't a convention pump. No, it wasn't a convention. What did I, what did I call it? The, uh, not the pump. What did I call the convention today? Oh, the carnival. The carnival. <laughs> yeah. 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 We keep forgetting what it's called because we've been to so many of these. So it's like. The World Blockchain Future Carnival Consensus Forum, you know. <laughs> yeah, they've been great to us, man. The, the people uh, that run the, you know, organize the conference and, uh, you know, put everything on. They've been great. They, to to all accounts, they've run a A plus conference, uh, at least from my perspective. So, I'm I'm glad to go one more day tomorrow. Yeah, not to down talk the others, but we were at the conferences. We mentioned consensus. We get, we were all at Token Fest here. Team and I were at Consensus. We were at World Blockchain Forum, and uh, this one I think is the best so far. You know, in a number of aspects. Mm. What 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 have they done better than the others? I mean, great spot, better venue, um, less. I don't know how to say this. Less shilly projects. Yeah. You know, just you know, less soliciting. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. I think uh, like back you know at Consensus. Uh, there were so many projects there since it's like a very popular um, conference and a lot of it, it came down to what I said earlier a lot of the projects were there that were not quality there were, they were it was high on quantity low on, on quality mm-hmm. and at the same time also a lot of people that uh, we met there and everybody that meets uh, at consensus everybody's trying to sell something to gotcha. each other without really understanding you know where the other person is coming from so it's and also you know it, since there's so many people there, everybody has only like five to ten minutes to kind of give their own pitch really quick, you know, elevator, elevator pitch. pitch. Yeah. yeah, and then and then like you know, hey, hey, here's the, here the car's cool. Yeah, let's let's go. You know, without really finding out more about the person or more about the company, you know, where they're behind, if uh, who's behind the project, how they got there, and if there's real synergy between the two of us. But rather, it's just like, hey, I'm just gonna shotgun this. Hopefully, something will stick. Mm. Yeah, I like that. I and mean, it's not to talk bad, down on any conference. It's to more talk up the conference that we're at, right? The Futurist Conference. So, yeah, they put on an A+. Plus. I, I couldn't be happier. So you guys would come back again next year? Absolutely. Well, I mean, and part of it is, uh, like, I'm not saying the consensus and World Blockchain Forum and, and things like that. I'm not saying it was the organizer's fault, really. it's Part of it is just the market is dumping low-quality mm. projects. Mm, mm. Like, they're having trouble paying conferences when they, you know, they got some ETH and it's, it's dumped and they haven't built up, you know, the financing they need for conferences. Gotcha. So. Uh, yeah, I think that definitely plays a huge role in it. Any other projects that you saw? Pete, what was a project you saw out there today that surprised you? Oh, let's see. We talked about buns. We talked about shift. Um, and that's it, folks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, was it gear? For a second, gear. <laughs> yeah, we got Larry King here. Uh, helping promote gear yeah we were we were all taking bets uh us for whether larry king would actually show up and he did yeah he interviewed charles hoskinson who surprised everybody uh, was that yesterday it was yesterday with an announcement of icarus at first i just thought it was a, a new wallet or something like that but it's a metamask kind of uh chrome extension for cardano you know, we have MetaMask for Ethereum and, and a number of others. We have Scatter, which works on EOS and Ethereum and plans to add things like Cardano in the future. And now we've got Icarus coming. 
uh, for Cardano. So does that mean now people are going to have to have Scatter, MetaMask, and Icarus if they want to? Well, like I said, Scatter supports Ethereum. Oh, okay. And Mm. I don't know how well it supports it at this moment, but they plan to be across blockchain. So I wouldn't be surprised if they got the news and they're like, oh, we should add Cardano um, to to our Scatter. Well, and so Icarus is the official one coming from the top of Cardano, mm. which was Scatter. I mean, Scatter was kind of like an open source project, right? Yeah, we don't yeah, I mean, have I any don't, background. I don't, I don't really that's that's been my Scatter. biggest beef with EOS. You know, I, <laughs> oh, ding, ding, ding. <laughs> we talked about EOS. Well, yeah, podcast. we can never not talk about <laughs> EOS. And but seriously, I, I, you know, I, regardless of the price action. Um, I guess it's easy to bash any project nowadays, but um, EOS is just like, why didn't they have infrastructure in place when they launched their mainnet with yeah. things like the Chrome extension wallet or like this voting shit? Like, what? Why was it yeah. so fucking difficult that everybody thinks yeah. you're gonna get your private key stolen when you go to stake your tokens? It's yeah. wasn't it scalability, which they've they've done scalability, and then usability. Mm-hmm. Where's there hasn't been any usability at all yet. Yeah, I, th- I think in the community as a whole, like EOS is the low hanging fruit now. Like we talked to a lot of protocols, like they had like CEOs of some other protocols, and it's it's the low hanging fruit to, for them to kind of pick on like mm-hmm. right now with all the problems. But w- what I said is like I kind of like I don't like that it happened, right? Because we all you know hold EOS. Like it it sucks to see them and the whole project as a whole kind of take these hits. But I I definitely give them credit for going live with their mainnet because they yeah. could totally it could totally have they could have said oh we're going live in december and it's still going to be awesome and it's going to be this this and that no they actually put the mainnet out you know in june uh, two or three days after you know they said they would right the mainnet launched after they voted uh and now we can like start to see in real time as opposed to conceptualizing it you know like oh, right eos is going to be awesome no like it's going to go live, it's going to have problems, and we're going to fix it, which is not something a lot of projects do. They, they keep it on the white paper, you know, they conceptualize it, they say the beta's out, you know? So, right. I don't mean to, to, I'm not like shilling here, this is actually how <laughs> I feel, and they definitely mm-hmm. fucked up a little bit uh, with like how they went about it, and they could have done some things better, but I just like that they're, they put that shit out there, and yes, it's taking hits, but it's real. Yeah, yeah. Well, in yeah. Cardano, I mean, they're still vaporware, aren't they? Well, no. I mean, Cardano does have, like, its its payment, like, its token. It's, it's Cardano's two layers. There's, like, a layer that's a settlement layer, kind of like, just think of it as, like, a Bitcoin layer. Mm-hmm. And then there's a computation layer. So think of that as the Ethereum layer. That's way too simple. But so they're, uh, they're smart contracts, they're DAP platform, things like that aren't fully out yet. Okay. But Cardano works as a currency. So it's kind of like a proof of stake Bitcoin right now with some things being built on top, like the things we're seeing. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's coming out in stages rather than one dump, which I guess is similar. A lot of these projects can't do something like EOS is doing where they launch and then kind of Ubisoft style. We fix the bugs after the game is released, you know, like all those Assassin's Creed games. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's it's really glitchy. We kind of just launched a beta. Everyone bought it, you know. And, and uh, <laughs> now we have enough money to pay devs <laughs> to fix it. <laughs> and so, uh, and so, like Ethereum can't do that, for instance, because they have the immutability thing. You can't you can't really upgrade easily, right? You know, going forward, um, there's pros and cons to that. Like EOS, you got a lot of money on it. Something could go wrong where people lose money, mm-hmm. you know. But 
we can learn from experience on EOS because it's upgradable. And there's a lot of other platforms like that. Um, so yeah, yeah. I, I think the, that's kind of the approach that the market is taking right now. Um, you know, we, when I spoke to uh, IOST, um, they basically were saying that there is some similar like EOS, essentially a protocol. Um, and they spoke that they're observing, you know, EOS very closely and, and see what what they're doing, see what the outcome is and kind of uh, learning from what's happening. So I think the overall market is observing all these new projects that are uh, first uh, launching, big projects launching mainnet and some of the issues that they encounter and they learn from that so they can prevent that when they launch their own thing. Right. Mm. Yeah. I, I, I Another sense that I'm getting here is that there's not so much people in their own camps here. Everybody's very, again, like grateful for the other projects, even maybe mm-hmm. if they're Canadian, so they like the Canadian projects. Um, it, it doesn't seem like so much, it, there's just so much division now in crypto. Like you can't like Cardano and like EOS, or you can't like mm-hmm. Ether and think that it's gonna be yeah. you know, the final. They're like competing. Like in most people's minds. Right. And then you have guys in the media who write like Ethereum killer blogs and stuff like yeah. that. Who, who the hell does that? <laughs> <laughs> but Wait, by the way, the uh, the last post of that series, Ethereum Challengers, is going to be a defense of Ethereum. So nice. stay tuned. <laughs> Very cool. Did, did you put out the IOST yet? Or no, is that coming? That's, okay. That's coming shortly. Yeah. Cool. That'll be nice to see. You're, you're interviewing who for that one? That's a little bit different. Don't you well, have like a well, QA? We had like a podcast with Jimmy Zhang, uh-huh. the co-founder, and there, there was enough information there. Oh, yeah. okay, cool. Yeah, nice. You should get uh, Vitalik on, uh, you know, on the podcast <laughs> or something to defend all the challenges that you present. <laughs> that you would should. be hilarious. Yeah. You think we could get him? Definitely. Oh, Ring man. him in. I think we could get him if we ramped up interviews with the What Remains. Hey, yeah. Vitalik, if you're listening out there, we, we want to get you. Yeah, Vitalik not giving away ETH. If anyone Uterine. gets Vitalik, anyone listening gets Vitalik here, I will dr- airdrop them all of my <laughs> bits. <laughs> you can get one probably juicer. One juicer with oh, all of Pete's. three juicers <laughs> worth oh, Hey, wow. you could get what? Like 10 beard oils, though. Oh. <laughs> yep. Something we need. Oh, I, I have another thing I want to talk about. It's not specific to, um, to Canada, Canadian projects, but... I saw a guy today uh, who was from the DTube team. Yeah. And I th- really think that all this bullshit with YouTube and Twitter and Facebook and Google even and Apple and Spotify, I mean, you can the list goes on and on and on. They're all doing this crazy censorship shit, and it's not good, and it's it's pushing more people into these decentralized platforms, and it's really making me think that that could be the next big opportunity for decentralized apps or any just decentralized platform in general. The guy, uh, he was he, you know, he was a community manager um, at DTube, but I asked him, I said, you know, with, uh, with InfoWars and Alex Jones getting censored, regardless of how you feel about that, uh, you know, a lot of people are huge fans of Alex Jones. They watch him a lot. Uh, now that he's been stripped of all the main social media sites, did you guys see a big influx of users? And he said, yeah, we saw a huge spike of people coming over to DTube now. Mm. Uh, and he mentioned even a couple other sites after we were kind of off the record that mm. were maybe even competitors of DTube. And he said, you know, he, he monitors all these sites. And he said he's seen a huge influx of crowd pouring into these kind of platforms because of the censorship. And it's, <clears throat> you know, I don't know if you guys necessarily understand the issue, but 
the problem is you have on YouTube, you have advertisers and advertisers are putting their, uh, you know, their brand, you know, tied soap and it could be, it could play before a potentially controversial video. So say I post a controversial video and Tide is monetizing that video. Well, now you have this angry mob of people that are coming out and saying, well, why is Tide making money off Evan J. Schindler's video where he was making fun of Canadians? You know, that's bullshit. So now Tide's under pressure. Tide stops, stops giving advertising revenue to YouTube. YouTube's pressure to push them off. But if you can go the decentralized route where it's staking tokens to be on the platform or however you want to work out the token economics with it, now you don't have that pressure from advertisers anymore. Now you're not going to get censored anymore. So I, I don't know. It, it's just interesting dynamic, and it's something that's, in my opinion, been a huge news. You don't hear about it on mainstream news, but it's something that's going to push a lot of people into these decentralized social media platforms. It's going to be interesting to see how that plays out because, you know, that can um, have kind of a negative effect as well. It's uh, one of those things that always kind of sounds great on paper, but uh, when when it's in practice, we'll have to see how the society essentially handles it. Uh, do people handle it? Because if there is content out there that's decentralized and it's really like terrible content of, you know, terrorists, graphic. Yeah, graphic, yeah. doing terrible things, um, you know, that and it's decentralized and can't be censored. Uh, then it really puts responsibility to, uh, on the actual community of, of the network, you know, on how how to be responsible and having the content that that doesn't fall into that type of category. Right, like uh, like Dan Larimer talks about the the who's for dinner problem, which is one of the problems with pure like direct democracy, and one of the reasons we don't have it is if you get like let's say you have twelve things around a table, there's ten wolves and two sheep, and they're voting on who's for dinner, you know, like obviously the sheep get voted for dinner you know and that's that's one of the reasons we have two senators from each state it's so that you know 48 states can't gang up on two states and absolutely crush them mm -hmm. you know because it's in their interests and so like uh how do you solve this problem like what auger auger launched you know auger was a pretty impressive project technically the smart contracts are really complicated auger is a betting platform where you can make predictions it's a prediction market you could say like Oh, well, there's a prediction that, uh, I don't know, Trump is going to travel to China next month or whatever. And, you know, people can bet as to whether that happens. Or All not. 40 users. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, there's a, there's more than that. But, you know, like it launched and then there were assassination mar markets that spawned really quickly. Because you can say, oh. I predict that someone's <laughs> going to be alive, you know, and uh, or dead. And, like, mm -hmm. eventually it becomes worth it to kill that person to collect that's your bet. That's pretty crazy. You know, so, like, yeah. how do we move forward in a way that's decentralized mm -hmm. and fair and equitable and, like, everybody gets a voice? but that isn't like subject to Total that kind chaos. of thing. Yeah. That sounds like an episode of like black mirrors. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. I think it's something that going forward, I mean, you know, you always have that anarchist in you a little bit, at least we do, but it's, it's, we're never going to get to a future where it's like fully decentralized. I don't, I don't, I don't think that that just for the reasons Pete just mentioned, uh, I think somewhere down the line, we have to meet in the middle with what we're doing. Um, that's just my opinion. I don't, I don't think people will go. I think a small majority of people feel that everything should be decentralized or a certain amount of things should be decentralized where most of the world just wants to not have to see graphic videos on their 
you know, right on there when they're looking for YouTube shit. At the end of the day, for me, I would much rather be have to be responsible with whatever content I'm producing or whatever content I'm consuming than have someone else be responsible for that. Yeah. I would rather be in control of what I'm allowed to see than have someone tell me that I can't see a specific thing. Yeah. It's the same thing I see when we're talking about, you know, currency and, and being able to be your own bank. Like not a lot of people want to have control of their finances. Right. Like fully, even though we here would be like, yeah, I definitely want that. Um, there's a lot of people that, want someone else to handle that for them. So, yeah. There's another interesting issue that was in the news lately. Uh, this is not really crypto-related, but I guess it is kind of in a way. It's the the guy who published the PDF for the 3D-printed gun, um, and that was a huge controversy because it was like a you know free speech type mm-hmm. thing. Is he allowed to publish this? Uh, because what he's essentially doing is giving away you know unregistered firearms. Exactly. Um, and so it's interesting to see people's perspective on that and where they fall and how far does that freedom of speech extend. Um, so I don't know. It's There's a lot of interesting things going on. And uh, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what happens with all this stuff. I just want DTube to blow up. Yeah, I'm going to start putting my content on there. <laughs> Do it. I'm going to blow it. up with it. The coolest thing about it is you can go on and make money directly from views. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not worried about advertisers coming on. Yeah. Even, even just from a functional standpoint. Yep. You know, it's it's cool. And there's always traditional ways to make money from advertisers on top of that. You can, you know, wear a t-shirt or show something. Or, gotcha. You know, so. Give away free bits. Give away free bits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's not sponsored. They don't know we're doing that. Yeah, they have no idea. Demon just gave us the T. What's the T mean? Is that time out? We can wrap it up here, actually. We're at 50 minutes. Okay. Yeah. I think uh, if you guys had anything else. I'm ready to fall asleep. <laughs> yeah, I'm exci- yeah. I mean, I'm excited for tomorrow. Yeah. We have another day, essentially, and then it's going to be um, you know, the after party with the cabanas, right? Uh, yep. Well, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm mostly excited for the conference. So <laughs> not the cabanas. You know, not the cabanas. Don't worry, dude. The- Mike's not uh, listening uh, this uh, far uh, into the episode. <laughs> <laughs> Not many people do, except for that one person. <laughs> Who, who's a? Oh, we got to give a shout out to all our. Oh, all the YouTube. You owe comments. me, dude. Oh, you owe me. I, I, I can't believe forgot. we waited this long to bring that up. <laughs> Cute. Are, yes, I owe Mr. Moneybags over there who do, loves betting. Owes me. What is it? Five years. Five years now. That's only like twenty bucks. <laughs> <laughs> he said we wouldn't get five comments on our YouTube yeah, thanks, channel. Thanks to our users who never come into the U- the comments in mass except for the except time for the one we- time. I think we had like six comments or seven comments. I, I see where your loyalties lie. Are you sure it wasn't just Evan creating like fake accounts? Oh. And, you know, commenting? <laughs> yeah, you didn't have this? a contingency plan for that, man. Dang. Wow. <laughs> who, who's the one guy that always comments that we always give him a shout out? He's like a funny name. Uh, I know. Well, the, oh, it was Omar Bob. Omar Bob. <laughs> Omar Bob is fast becoming our most popular user. Omar subscriber. Bob, if you're out there, shoot us another comment over here on YouTube, and we'll, uh, you know, we'll keep showing you love. Everybody do it, man. Yeah, everybody, everybody out there. It. You guys are awesome. Uh, before we we head off, I know Edvin said he was tired. I want you to tell them the story of how you got into the the, the blockchain futurist conference oh great here we go <laughs> and why you're uh, so tired hopefully what time they let us back out? next year <laughs> true so uh well first of all i was out in uh, las vegas my aunt lives out there and i was visiting her but you know you're also in vegas so you gotta win in vegas, vegas. um 
and that's a three-hour time difference. And I took a red eye back Monday night into Tuesday, got home. I mean, I can't sleep on an airplane. I'm like yeah, such a that. huge person that airplanes aren't meant for me. Uh, like I'm the type of person that I feel bad when I get on airplane airplane mm-hmm. last because I know that I'm about to walk down the aisle and Missy. every single person in the in the plane is like, please tell me this fucking guy's not sitting next to me. Please tell me that. And so, uh, so you know, I get on the airplane and I I maybe slept for like an hour or whatever. Uh, red eye back to Pittsburgh Tuesday. Get home, take like a three hour nap, wake up, come into the office, <laughs> forgot my passport at home. <laughs> Had to run back home, grab my passport, come in. We drive to Toronto, which is like a five-hour drive. It's actually not a bad drive no, at all. It wasn't. Um, and then from there, we go to the, to the after party. I was raging. We'll have you know footage of all that stuff, just going as hard as I could, trying to get some good content out there. Uh, and then we were up till, God. I don't know. Two. Yeah, two-something. Yeah. Two o'clock, just waiting for Dima to get done buying cigarettes, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> and then the thing was, I broke at least fifteen Canadian traffic laws. <laughs> uh, looking for him, I was in taxi yeah. only lanes, going up on the curb, stuck between trolleys, you know, all sorts of stuff. We were all like, right. "It's fine, we're Americans. Let us pass." Yeah. What happened was, we walked out of the restaurant and I said, "Hey guys, follow me. I got a shortcut." Nobody believed me, and yeah, I was he like, went "The opposite uh, direction uh, from where we were going." <laughs> Yeah, it's like Bitcoin's taking a shortcut to the moon right now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so we got back. But before we left the after party, I talked to the guy who was one of the organizers. And I was like, hey, man, uh, somehow our wires got crossed and we only had three media passes. But like there's four of us here. Like, you know, should I show up early and just pay for like general admission? Uh, And he was like, no, man, just come come around eight o'clock. And you'll be fine. Like, well, I'll make sure you get a media pass. I'm like, yeah. But then at the same time, I'm like, God damn, 8 (laughs) o'clock. I'm already so tired running on fumes. It's like 2 a.m. right now. It's going to take us another half hour to get back to the hotel. And then it's going to take me another half hour to drive back down here. So I woke up at 7 feeling real sad Uh. and sorry for myself. But I got there. And when I showed up, I just said the same thing. I was like yeah you know i don't know what happened like there's four of us here from ico alert and they were like well do you you know do you think the other guys are going to show up and i was like oh yeah they're in toronto i was (laughs) like i know they're going to show up i was (laughs) like so i need a badge and i ended up with uh i got a media pass i got the wristband got the crayon yeah and they basically wrote my name in a red sharpie on a on a badge but hey it's all kosher man i'm good i'm in so thank you very much to uh to the blockchain futurist conference and untraceable Yeah, I've had a great time. This has been really cool. So can't wait to push out some content to you folks. And uh, like we said, comment on our YouTube thing and Pete will send you a bunch of Canadian Canadian crypto magic money. Oh, buns. Yeah, keep commenting as well. Uh, giving us topics to discuss on this roundtable. We like hearing from you guys. So uh, cool. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.